Yeah, in excess, giving a little bit of a clue as to what we're talking about this week. Not every one of these movies about the devil inside, but a good number of them. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. We are from MadWolf.com, and we are talking about pregnancy horror in honor of Mother's Day. That's right. <laughs> we were planning on doing High School Sucks this week, and then we realized, hey, it's Mother's Day coming up. So... And always, with all holidays and pretty much all things, we think of it in terms of horror movies yes. and how how can we twist it. So you can do Bad Moms, of course. That's Which out there. We started there. actually. We started that, and we'll have to just we'll have to just roll that in sometime randomly yeah. over the year because I did get a, a list together. But but this is fun too. Pregnancy horror. Yeah. So uh, that is the theme, and uh, thank you for checking in, and thanks for the feedback last week. We did creature features. Not a lot of uh, argument, so I guess it, it's hard. It's hard to argue with Jaws at the top of that. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, so as far as the countdown, the lineup, uh, pretty solid, pretty solid creatures and features. But thank you for uh, for chiming in as always. We appreciate that, and we look ahead once again to our next Fright Club live event, which is coming up. Cannot believe it's May already, and. Um, we're looking to May 11th. Yep. Right. Wednesday, May 11th. Yeah. Uh, you're going to come out, hopefully, to uh, 6.30, a little happy hour with us. 7.30, we're going to run down the podcast live. And then for 8 o'clock, for the first time ever, we're going to run a double feature. So Ooh. the first one is going to be a 35-millimeter print of Kill List, Ben Wheatley's Kill List. Thank you. Nice. And uh, then, very excited about this, we are going to follow up with his latest movie, Ben Wheatley's, that's getting a lot of buzz. Not a horror movie, but definitely worth seeing, especially on the big screen, called High Rise. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston, yeah. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, real dystopian oh my God, kind so of society it's, breakdown yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of metaphor in this High Rise. So um, uh, come out again. That's at the Gateway Film Center right there on High Street, Ohio State Campus in Columbus, Ohio. So please come out. Again, that is May 11th, the next Fright Club Live double feature super Woo! deluxe disco <laughs> mix edition. <laughs> You don't want to miss it. should be fun. Well, you know, one thing we should do before we start the actual countdown. What is that? Well, there's a great new horror movie out just right now. Yes. Uh, Green Room. Woo! And I'll we tell you what. Yeah. It. Loved it. it. It's the latest from uh, the same director that did. Um, Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. So great. Jeremy Saulnier, I yeah. guess you pronounce it. Anyway, so good. Blue Ruin was great. And Green Room, great. If you've seen the trailers, you know the, the gist. It's a, a young punk band. They uh, play a very seedy uh, private club in the backwoods uh, that is frequented, pretty much owned by some skinheads, neo-Nazi skinheads. And uh, they witness a murder, a dead body, and then they're in trouble, and they have to fight for their lives. And it's, it's so tense and so well done, and it's got some, it, it moves along nicely. Nice. It's got some very good um, shocks. I mean, there's a couple of real just sudden br uh, bursts of brutality that made me jump. Yeah, and um, you know what I one of the things I loved about it is that so often when you see a horror movie um it's like uh the writing feel it feels like it's trying so hard to explain and justify everything that's going to happen, but in real life that doesn't happen. Right. Nobody stops and explains to another human being everything you would need to know to be able to catch up. And so this feels more like real life the way they leave some ambiguities here and there, which makes it feel that much creepier that it that it does feel like real life and it is. It's incredibly tense. Very tense. And, it's, there's, and funny at times. There is some dark humor uh, in there. And also, you know, um, there's not a lot. In some scenes, more than others, there's just not a lot of light on the screen. Mm -hmm. It makes it you're squinting. Oh, yeah. what's happening? And uh, it's just, it's really well done all the way around. We don't want to give away too much. But, but we do want to say Imogene Poots is great. Imogene Poots. She plays a concert goer who's not in the band, but she gets roped into this whole captive situation. 
and she's great. She Her is, character great. is fantastic. So don't want to give away anything, but please go see it. Patrick Stewart also oh, is yeah. fantastic. Kind and of a very different role. For very him. different role, and it's 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 grisly. It is, it grisly, is grisly and gory and loud and tense. But boy. Uh, Green Room is definitely one to check out. Yes. So that is the recommendation for this week. But uh, the countdown today, let's get into it. Our top five pregnancy horror movies. And we'll start with one that kind of slipped through the cracks for me anyway. And it's just from a couple of years ago, 2013. It's called Jug Face. The pit has spoken. It is an honor to be chosen to be with it in this world. You know that. But without the blood, the waters, the pit would heal no one. It's the pit wants what it wants. Yeah, Lauren Ashley Carter, who is also in The Woman, uh, she leads this. And it's funny because she is also pregnant in The Woman, the film, the film The Woman that we both love so much. Uh, and uh, and and in this one, uh, and um, she's part of a society that you know isolates itself from the larger group of society. They live in the woods. They're very simple on purpose. And the movie opens. She is with her dad, who has who is uh, played by um, Larry Fassenden, right? So a genre favorite, Larry Fassenden. And they go to a to go to a grocery store in town. It's one of their rare ventures into town. And and it's an interesting opening because you feel like she should stay. Like there's something that ought but then when they get back it what I like about the movie in general is the way uh it twists this idea of like this backwoods community because it is super creepy and yet it's not like one dimensional the the characters live there for a reason and and they're not um hateful and they're not one dimensional uh but on the other hand i don't want to live there like you know that for sure but anyway she winds up pregnant and um that's not good because she's betrothed to someone who she's never been with which means she's been with somebody she should have been with and it turns out it's her brother so not good. But then the the real uh, sort of drama comes in because uh, Chris Bridger's character, he plays sort of the local Sean, simpleton. Sean Bridgers. Sorry, Sean Bridgers. He plays sort of the, the village simpleton. And he goes into these trances and he makes some ceramic jugs with yeah. a face on him. And right. whoever is on the face, that person has to be fed to the monster in the pit. And right there, I'm just like, wait, there's a monster in a pit? <laughs> oh my God, how great is this movie? So, um, you know, anyway, the you know, it's a lot of of details, a lot of of sort of elements that that braid together nicely. The film just works out better than you might expect. I mean, it's it's clearly not made on a great big giant budget, but it's it's very compelling and creepy and interesting. Sean Bridgers plays a, a different character than he usually does, uh, which is nice. Lauren Ashley Carter does a really really good job, and Sean Young plays her mom and is. Awful, but in a good way. I mean, you're like, blah. It's it's a very uncomfortable film. Well, I think what's interesting about this is it plays on some themes we've seen before, maybe in things like the lottery or even oh, absolutely or, the lottery, or definitely even the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. You, instead of in the Wicker Man, where they are, um, you know, offering up sacrifices that are not really there, you know, so they can get blessed with the crops, yeah. which, you know, you're, you're given the idea that, no, there's, there's nothing here. Yeah. Uh, in this one, 
there's actually a supernatural yeah. force yeah. that really is there. Yes. Yeah. And and the supernatural force is the one that helps, you know, Dewey is the name of, the, of uh, Sean Richard's character, uh, sort of informs his subconscious about the face that he has to put on the jug. I mean, it really is a calling from this monster. This person has to die. And, and you know, the, uh, the um, community knows what happens when you try to be deceptive, which you don't really, you don't get that information until fairly well into the film. But I mean, it's just, it's well, it's a well put together, it's a modest effort, but it is a well put together film. And it does sort of twist your expectations periodically in, in a really fascinating way. So that's number five. So how about bubbling under the top five? What, uh, what was scratching at the door? Well, there, there, I mean, pregnancy, um, there are a lot of pregnancy-related horror movies, and there are a lot of movies where there is a pregnant character, but the pregnancy itself is not sort of what generates the tension in the horror. So I kind of skipped a lot of them, but there's one. It's funny. There's one I want to mention from 2014. Not a horror film exactly, but so tense and uncomfortable. And actually, it's it focuses a great deal also on after the baby is born. So, but it, and it's called Hungry Hearts. Adam Driver stars, but there's so unsettling about the whole film, not just. Um, the, what the female lead and 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 what she does as a parent, which is I think um, on a superficial level, what creates a lot of of the tension, but but also her helplessness and that that this sort of wrong thinking it, it really just comes from that from her own her own helplessness. It's um, I thought it was a very unsettling film, not a horror film exactly, but but pretty tense and 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 sort of awful. So good. Um, one of the ones that came close, which I know a lot of um, Fright Clubbers like, is a film from 2013 called Proxy. Oh, yeah. Because it is pretty horrific. And very much, you know, there's there's a, a really, really, really unsettling sort of pregnancy bit that happens at the beginning. There, There's one, there's one performance in the film that I just flat out hate. Um, and then also I think that it veers, I mean, it, it does it on purpose. It's it's an intentional um, sort of sleight of hand the way it shifts focus midway through, but I don't know. I just didn't think that the second act was as compelling as for anyway. So I didn't put it on the list. But proxy, if you are wanting to see um, pregnancy and horror intertwined, it's you definitely are going to see it in the first act of this film. Oh my god! Um, and another one I sort of kicked around. Demon Seed. No, I did not Come kick on. around Demon Seed. Demon Seed, 1977, <laughs> Julie Christie. Check it out. No. Okay, which one? Grace from 2009. I thought about that, but but again, it's more about after the baby is born. It's one mm. of those baby likes to drink blood kind of things, but I don't know. And then what, what would you have thought if I put the seventh sign on here? The old Demi Moore film Ooh. from the 80s. I mean, is that even a horror movie? I, no. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't. No, I didn't think about that one at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just... So. In okay. my head. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. All right. So that's uh, under the demon seed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, under the radar. But uh, moving to number four, we've touched on this one a little bit, but I don't think we've ever talked about it at length because it's one of our favorite directors. Uh, David Cronenberg, 1979, Oliver Reed stars <laughs> in The Brood. Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Until now. You can run. You can hide and hope they won't find you. 
but you won't escape. Once unleashed, the brood will destroy anyone who gets in their way. David Cronenberg's ultimate experience in inner terror, starring Oliver Reed and Samantha Egar. The Brood. They're waiting for you. Okay, here's the thing about this. Let's get the Oliver Reed story out of the way <laughs> right now. He was arrested by the Canadian police while they were filming this after he, after he made a bet with someone that he could walk from one bar to another without wearing clothes in the freezing cold weather. <laughs> so... There you go. Oliver Reed. It's your Oliver Reed you know, moment. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Oliver Reed. And he, he's made a, he made a lot of horror films. Yeah. And uh, he's just unseemly. <laughs> There's just something mildly just like perverse about him. Always. Which I think is why our friend and the Columbus Horror Society uh, master, keeper of the keys, Bridget, she loves him. She's got a she's got like a thing, like a crush on Oliver Reed. He's which always is... got that look on his face. Well, that he's probably drunk, and that, <laughs> that just something unseemly is going on in his head, yes. and, and is about to come to fruition. Right, and and so. he he uses that really well in this particular movie as yeah. as Doctor Hal Ragland, who uh, uh, has you know has psychoplasmics. I think it's called is his area, um, and uh, and he keeps patients and he he helps them funnel their rage into some sort of physical entity. I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea because some of his patients end up with these big pussy sores all over themselves. I mean, it doesn't seem like the process is helping anyone, but in particular, uh, the character that's played by Susan or Samantha Eggers, she's awesome. And um, she, her rage turns into these baby sacks that grow on the outside of her belly. There is a scene where she opens up this big white cape and you just see this nasty. I mean, it's so awesome and so Cronenberg. It's just. And then, of course, they they promptly, if you've ever seen the film, they, they grow into like eight year old mutants with these puffy coats. And it's it's like the best image of like of like perverted innocence. These kids in the snow and the puffy coats but with the nasty faces and they're going to mm-hmm. just wreak havoc and on anyone that their quote mom is upset with. Oh my god, it's so great. And it's interesting that this movie comes up because Samantha Egger, now she was somebody who was all over the movies in the 70s. Yeah. Well, even in the 60s, she was in the original Dr. Doolittle, but uh I just totally forgotten about her. You know, in the, my early movie going, she was always around, and then this movie comes up like, oh, my God, Samantha Egger. Yeah, uh, and she's so great in this movie, and there's something about, it's like her eyes are really wide set, Yeah, and there's, I mean, she's she's quite lovely, but there's also it, it, the way that he um, films her and sort of emphasizes her eyes that makes her seem just wrong, you know? And you know Which what? is perfect. It, it was her idea to uh, lick the blood off the Ooh. newborn baby. That, that was her idea. Uh, it was, and the fetuses, you're talking about those yeah. fetuses? They were actually stuffed condoms. Oh. When they filmed it. So, so that, that's what she's licking. Yeah. So there's an extra icky factor. Uh, but this was done while Cronenberg worked on this, while he was going through a really bad divorce and child yeah. custody battle. Yeah. And I think he he supposedly uh, put a lot of the characteristics of his ex-wife into uh, Samantha Nola, into Samantha yeah. Egger's character. Yeah. So there's a lot going on here. Cronenberg yeah, uh, has his usual body issues, yes, yes, but also some divorce issues here, too. Yeah, I mean, the film has been called misogynistic, you know, especially when it came out. Um, I'm not 
I'm not sure. I think that that is the case. I'm not sure that I would call it that simply because. But I but I think it is. It's so it's so very um, wound up in in his personal issues at the time that I can which were hatred directed toward a female. So I can see where that's being not all females. No one particular. No. um, Yeah. yeah. And 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 I also think, though, I mean, it's a it's a it's a very natural outgrowth of the basic storyline, which is. You know, this is how she manifests this Her, psychoplasmic right, yeah. version. And it's not, she's not pregnant exactly, but I mean, it's such a gross, weird, nasty, horrific image of pregnancy. This film, this scene when she opens up her cape that yeah. I thought, well, it's the first movie I thought, oh, it's the second movie I thought of when I decided on this topic. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint <laughs> of what's to come. Yeah. Uh, and you, you'll get a kick out of this. Your buddy, Joe Dante, uh, he cut the American trailer for this movie. Nice. Yeah. That's right. I got to talk to Joe Dante. Um, and I was characteristically nerdy the entire time, <laughs> just very <laughs> the whole time. Not to the Bruce Campbell level, but almost. But getting there. But close. Yeah. Close. So, uh, 1979, uh, David Cronenberg's The Brood, Oliver Reed, <laughs> <laughs> number four on our list of pregnancy horror movies, and moving up to number three, one that oh, it's another one of our favorites, and one that we featured. In a Fright Club Live here not yes, too long indeed. ago. And it's it could make a lot of lists. It could make a WTF list. It could. Because what's going on? But there's a lot going on, actually, from 2006, Shaitan. So Vincent Cassell and Vincent Cassell star in this just freak show of a French horror movie. You know, that's the funny thing. You say that, but if you go on and do some research about this movie and you find like some online topics, some chat, there are people that go, was that Vincent Cassell at the end? Isn't that crazy? How does, how does you not catch I that? I don't know. Or a really ugly woman. <laughs> <laughs> because yes, he's also playing, I don't want to give away too much, but come on, we've talked about this a lot. Well, not only that, I mean, if we're going to focus on the pregnancy, yeah, it's got to come up. Yeah, you have to, yeah. Uh, that he's playing uh, the woman as well. At the yeah. End. See, he plays the handyman, uh, a group of, of nightclubbers in Paris on Christmas Eve. Uh, they get kicked out and uh, they decide to, to follow this hot girl to her, you know, country home for the holiday. Um, and, uh, and and Vince Cassell plays her handyman and also plays her handyman's wife. Her yeah. handyman's very, 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 very pregnant wife. Well, see, that's the whole thing that's going on here, the the, the subtext. And it's not really subtle. I mean... You mentioned it is Christmas Eve. Yeah. The handyman's name is Joseph. Yeah. The girl's name is Eve. Yep. The club they get kicked out of is called the Sticks Club. Yeah. I mean, there's biblical references all oh. over this oh, thing. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the pregnancy. Oh, and yeah. so you've got all that going on. But there's just such a weirdness and such um, weird humor oh, my God, involved yeah. in it as well um, that you just kind of throughout most of the movie go what is going on yeah, here yeah. yeah and it's you know the the club goers are and they i mean again without being heavy handed really in any way all of them are quite clearly sinners and they sort of focus on that as as not just oh. like you know they do some certain things but i mean they're they're sinners they're they they specify you know there's one who you you figure is like the nicest guy he's all right he's okay but really he's he's being unfaithful to his girlfriend. He keeps calling them fun. I mean, it's, it's again, without sort of punishing you by, by overly explaining everything, they're not, you don't hate them. You don't want to see ill come to them, but that all of them are sinners in a certain way. And, um, and it's just interesting the way the film toys with 
so many ideas and it's 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 not like it's hard to keep up it isn't it's just hard to sort of navigate the amount of weirdness being thrown at you at all times yeah because you're not quite sure just as the the um people aren't the club goers aren't quite sure what joseph's deal is yes he's instantly overly friendly you know and he's just a little weird he, and he's, oh he's very weird yeah and he's kind of um at, at simultaneously encouraging the sinning yeah. and, and also kind of pointing it out that you know that they're not good people not good people at the same time it's it's just so weird and it's, he's yeah. he's so good oh my god Vincent Cassell is just awesome in this movie I man he really embraces this role you know and he takes to the he takes to the weird behavior with relish he you can't take your eyes off of him and at the same time you kind of hope he doesn't come back in the room <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of find out as the uh, kids do slowly what the game is yeah, here, exactly. what's, what's happening as they start stumbling into different rooms of the house and finding out just what's up and what he maybe has in store. And but, you know, the I mean, the, the reason it made the list is that his very pregnant wife, played by himself, <laughs> is about to give birth. And yeah. there, you know, there are some rituals that they're trying to fulfill before this all happens. And mm-hmm. that's what they need these people here for. And it's um, it's so... Gross. It's so uncomfortable. The whole movie is just so unsettling. Um, and, and I think the humor almost makes it more unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. And it also, it's not exactly a claustrophobia, but you definitely have a feeling of isolation. Yeah. Because they are out there so far out in the boonies, uh, away from where these club goers, well, most of them, not uh, Eve, but the rest of them that come along with her, that they're not, they don't know what, who yeah, these people are right. and what's going on. Uh, so there's some isolation going on, if not outright claustrophobia, and just 100% weirdness. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so cool in such a good way, and that is Shaitan uh, from 2006. Number three on our list of favorite pregnancy horror, and man, they fought, these two, these top two movies fought it out. Yeah, Back and, and forth, think, one and two, two yeah, and one. Yeah, they did. And I think, you know, a lot of people might question why that is i suppose once you finally hear it but they did in my head i just kept going back and forth one is an all-time classic but i love the other one so much and it is such a horror movie but in the (laughs) end uh, i had to put them in the in the you know the proper order that i think most people are going to agree with okay and that is number two by uh hair from 2007 inside Yeah, even though the one at number one, which you can probably guess that we'll get to, might be more an all-time classic, you just bring up the topic, pregnancy horror. This is the first thing that jumps into your head. Yes. Because and and, it, and, it, and a lot of it is because the horror itself is so focused on the pregnancy, more than any other film. I mean, all of the other films, the uh, the pregnancy adds an element of tension, obviously, and, 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 it, and it's easy to feel very anxious when one of the characters is hugely pregnant. But the fact that the that is the point in this one, the pregnancy itself is the point, not is the baby going to be a demon, not is the baby going to want blood instead of breast milk. It, it's, it's the actual pregnancy, and it's so great. Yeah, and this one also taking place on Christmas Eve. Yep. So there's a lot of uh, subtext going on there as well. And Sarah is very, very, very pregnant, and um, she is in her house alone. She's waiting. Uh, I think the next day she's yep. going to be on in- Christmas Day. Induced. She's supposed to be induced. She's going to be induced, 
And uh, Beatrice Dahl, uh, our favorite Beatrice Dahl, uh, is uh, a woman who uh, wants that baby. Yes. And wants it very much. And is coming to call. Yeah. And whoo, does it get bloody. It really does. And tense. And uh, in a, there are the moments, and I know people have a problem with the little bit of a slapstick nature of the police uh, when they come to try to, mm-hmm. quote unquote, help. Some of their decisions are a little suspect. But okay, if you want to give it a knock it a little bit for that, but I don't think that takes away from the just horrific power of the movie itself. I think, um, I mean, one of the reasons that that we love this movie as well as we do is because we love a good villain. And oh my God, she's great. Now, uh, Beatrice Hall is also um, really great in in the movie um, Trouble Every Day, which is another French film. Yeah, yeah. Cannibalism, French film, I think we mentioned on the Cannibal Podcast. Um, uh, but she owns this she owns it with the darkest most sinister humor and just this she's just this lurking menace oh my god and the faces that she makes she's just i mean she's awesome i really really love a good villain more than probably anything else in 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 horror or in film and she's just it's a masterpiece her performance and so much of it especially when they film her face in the dark or when she and then she lights up a cigarette oh my God. and these long fingers wrapped oh, yeah. around the cigarette and the and just the, the the light from the cigarette lights up half of her face oh, and yeah. she's just so sinister looking. And you know, and and there is a sly wicked comedy about her performance, especially at the beginning when you first when you first realize that you meet her, she's in this old fashioned, very white nurse's uniform, smoking a cigarette and saying horrible things yeah. to um Sarah. Sarah, mm-hmm. Alison Paradis. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's so cartoonish Yeah. and actually her, she only, she only has the two outfits though. Right. But, but what she wears later as the stalker is equally odd. It's, it's like this very long black, almost Victorian dress. And you just think that's an unusual outfit to wear to go terrorize someone, but <laughs> you know, it, it works. It does work. And we mentioned before a little clever, little, uh, homage, I guess the house number where she's living is six, 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 Yeah, uh, that you might, uh, might notice, but also there's, there's a lot of different themes going on here. Um, you got the Christmas birth again, that's, that's in this movie as well, but you've got the fact that all the men, all the men who show up are killed by women. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you've got that theme. Well, go- everybody is killed by women. Well, yeah, but I mean that adds some, <laughs> I mean, every guy, yeah. you know, man who shows up to help mm-hmm. does not help no. and it winds up in a bad way but also there's themes of you know what makes a good mother what makes a bad mother there's questions uh subtly thrown out as to whether sarah even wants this baby yeah no you definitely get the feeling that she doesn't and and it's almost like the the film is is punishing her for that or is it the fact does she not want the baby or does she just really not have much will to live uh-huh. uh, considering what has happened right. and she is facing uh, life as a, again, not to give away too much, uh, as, as a single mother. Right. Um, which also, there's been an equal um, tragedy befall uh, Beatrice Dahl's character. Right, right, so right. you've got those things going on. And it's fair. I'm glad they're not answered, but you do question uh, does she want the baby? Yeah. Does she want to live? Yeah. Um, and then she, of course, has to fight for her life through this ordeal. So there's a bunch of different subtexts going on. And there's an awful lot of blood. Good God, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> oh, man. But it's 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 so well done. Again, we can argue about the uh, the cops' um, behavior, but uh, still, man, when it just gets down to fighting each other, it's 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 nasty. And then you've got that ending, which we won't even go into, but it's shocking. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. And then you've got you've got the 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 uh, director's choice to 
go inside the womb for some shots about the trauma being felt to the baby itself. That's weird. It is weird. And you know what? The very first time, it doesn't happen a lot. It happens just a few times. And the first time it happened, I thought, I don't think this is going to work. But then, but then it does. It actually, it it really does. Um, and, and I think that, um, it's, it's the kind of film, you know, the French make, some pretty extreme horror films, and and and, and they the, they make choices in this film that I don't think that you would see other people, other nations, not just American, but other nations make, and 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 I uh, I applaud them for that, and I also think that this film takes more advantage, takes better advantage of the unbelievable helplessness of childbirth. You are there is you're not doing much else. This is there it's if it's happening it's happening now right, and right. there's not like you're going to fight somebody off while you're doing it. <laughs> and um and and you know there's a moment a lot of, a lot of the film you don't really like Sarah's character that much she which is intentional. She doesn't come across as being particularly likable. But you know, oh my god, her helplessness in that particular spot and you think what else is she going to do? Yeah, it's yeah. it's so uncomfortable. It, it is. Uh in two- 2007, Inside makes it in at number two, uh, again, just by an eyelash in our list of pregnancy horror. So, you know, what that leaves at number one, the granddaddy, the grandmommy uh, from 1968, Roman Polanski's classic Rosemary's Baby. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about, guys? Eyes are normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. <gasps> hail Adrian! Hail Adrian! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Now, when we've talked about this before, one of the key things that comes comes up is how faithful this movie is to the book. In fact, uh, the uh, Ira Levine, the uh, author of the book, mm-hmm. uh, was quoted as saying it, he thinks it's the single most faithful adaptation of a novel ever to come out of Hollywood. And um, some of the one of the reasons that it was speculated that happened is because it's the first time that Roman Polanski had ever adapted another writer's work, and he might have been unaware of the freedom that he had to improvise. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Good so, that he didn't. Yeah, but he just took it so. I mean, right down to some lines. Uh, right out of the book, it's so faithful to the book, and um, I guess that's a, a, a statement on the how good the movie and the book is. Yeah, because you know the movie just comes out so great. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's a brilliant film. There's no way around it. Everything about it is great. The writing, obviously, the cinematography is so. Be like ahead of its time yeah. in terms of a horror film because. It's very sneaky the way the camera is used so that you always feel like you're trying to see something that isn't on the screen or you're eavesdropping on a conversation. I mean, it, it really puts you inside the movie. The camera does in a, in a brilliant way. You know, another movie that we've talked about doing the same thing, uh, one that we just talked about last week, The Thing does that. Yes. Uh, when instead of the apartment, they're in the compound there. You just are always, what's going on in that next room? Yeah, I, th- I always thought that A Tale of Two Sisters, which we showed recently um, yeah. in a Fright Club Live, I feel like they do the same thing really well. Yeah, but that it, that's so true because, as you probably know, it's all about this group of Satan worshipers planning and scheming to get, you know, Rosemary pregnant. Uh, for the uh, Antichrist, and um, it's uh, it's one where she is so. You talk about the helplessness of pregnancy. She's so small anyway, Mia Farrow, Mia Farrow. and she's got that that new uh, what became so stylish at the time pixie that haircut. pixie haircut. She just looks so frail, and they keep her drugged up so much of the yeah. time. 
you know, when they actually have the uh, conception scene with the demon. <laughs> you know, she's not sure. She's having a nightmare. Yeah. What's going on? Um, and then you've got this whole group of, of socialite Satanists, Ruth Gordon and the, and the oh gang. Oh, my God. <laughs> are so, so weird and, and so good as they're like, oh, they're so caring for her. But yet the, the, the plan that's afoot is, is, is going on. And she's slowly, slowly, slowly getting wind to what's, what's, what's going on right. here. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's well, you know, it's part of um, Roman Polanski's trilogy about apartment city dwelling, uh, Repulsion from 65, The Tenant from 76, and then in the middle here, Rosemary's Baby. And, and again, we, we definitely have our issues with Roman Polanski, uh, but we're focusing on how good of a director he can be. Right. You know, there is one thing I want to say. I mentioned, I mentioned the film Proxy, and um, Alexia Rasmussen who is the character who's pregnant at the very beginning of the film. Her character's name is Esther Woodhouse, which I think is perfect if you're making a horror movie about a pregnant person to use, because, of course, Rosemary Woodhouse. I-, I thought that was a nice ode, a nice little nod to this film, which is just a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece not just of pregnancy horror, not just of satanic horror, but just of film. Yeah, and it's funny how um, Roman Polanski really got to direct this movie, William Castle, who was uh, one of the... Wow, uh, God, of, that would have been a much worse film. Well, that's the thing. He acquired the rights to the novel, and then Robert Evans, the legendary producer, right. he, he only agreed to greenlight the project if Castle did not direct it, <laughs> because he had yeah. such a reputation as a low-budget schlock horror guy. Oh, my God, yes, guy. absolutely. Yeah, so... I mean, even his better films couldn't even stand in the shadow of exactly. this movie. Exactly. So uh, I guess as a as throwing him a bone, he got to make a cameo appearance. He's the man standing near the phone booth uh, <laughs> in the one movie. But, okay, we'll, we'll put you in it, but you're not directing no. it. So, yeah, oh my God. think about what a different movie that would Yikes. be. Yikes. Huh? Yikes. Uh, if, if he directed it. But Polanski, Polanski does it uh, to such great effect. And, of course, Mia Farrow is great. The cast is great. Some of the other people that were considered for the John Cassavetes part, the husband, Burt Reynolds, uh, Robert Redford, Warren Beatty, wow. all in there. Of course, they were big. But, oh, yeah. Uh, probably too much star power, though. Maybe. I think, for them, over, for... Here's the thing. I think John Cassavetes is the weakest part of this film. Mm. I've always said that. I think he's a bit wooden. There are times when you see somebody and you feel like they don't realize how good the film is that they're in and they're phoning it in a bit. And that's what I, That's how I always felt about his performance. But at the same time, doesn't that character, doesn't it help, I think, that he's a little bit of a... A little Narcissist. bit of a patsy, yeah. and he's being controlled by this group, really. I mean, he's, he's in it, too, but still, I think he's not a, I don't think it would work if he was a strong, macho presence. No, I don't. I just mean that the performance, I thought, was flat. Okay. But, I mean, it's not terrible, but for me, so many of these performances are so outstanding that he's, to me, he, he, he's noticeably weak. Yeah, and one of the other great um, directorial decisions, I think, at the very end, of course, the famous scene where... She looks in the oh, yeah, yeah. The, the baby carriage. Um, there was talk about really trying to show uh, something, something gruesome, some yeah. doll. Yeah, no. We uh, are going to do a podcast on mutant babies, by the way. We are <laughs> totally going to do that. When I was when I was determining what we were going to do for this week, I kept thinking that like there are so many great mutant baby movies. I got to do that. <laughs> Just not today. But I think that was it's better not definitely, to. especially for a film as as elegant and and classy as that is. And you know, and again, I mean, the reason that obviously the whole she's pregnant, the whole film. That's the point of the film, and that's yeah. why it made this movie. It's but but you know, you can't under he Polanski. 
who knows a little something about vulnerable females. Um, he really emphasizes, I mean, like you said, she's very frail and she's very small. And and her helplessness, the, the believability of her helplessness is imperative to accepting everything that happens in this movie. And, and boy, you do. You know, I mean, you just think to yourself, I don't even know how she's getting down steps. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, even after all this time, 1968, still uh, number one on our list of top pregnancy horror movies. And that's our Mother's Day gift. That's right. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, and again, uh, give us some feedback. What do you think? Maybe, you know what? Uh, there was We were considering putting inside at number one. What do you think? Let us know uh, about the rundown or any movies that we might have missed. Always love to keep that conversation going. Uh, at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F on Twitter. Can I tell you one that I just thought of that I, I mean, I completely disregarded right off the bat. It's called Baby Blood, however, and it's so bad, but it's a French movie, and um, it starts off in a circus, yes, and um, and then this woman, uh, she's impregnated by, uh, like, a demonic alien parasite or something, and, um, and then she can hear the baby talk to her from, from inside of her belly, and then she needs to drink blood. But it's so weird. This movie is so weird that, that if you're just ever in the mood to see a bad, weird baby blood is the movie that you want to see. It's, it's just, it's bad, but it's, it's compellingly odd. Really quickly, we want to say uh, congrats and good luck to our buddy Corey Metcalf from Golden Spiral Media. He is nominated, uh, his triple cast is nominated in the uh, podcast awards. The nominations just closed. We talked about it last week. If you voted, thank you. Uh, but good luck to uh, Corey. And we are going to be guesting again on Triple Cast soon, right? We are. Uh, May, like I think the last two weeks in May, the first week in June, something like that. Um, and we're going to do uh, really good slasher sequels. The last time we were on, you might recall that we did really bad slasher sequels. George didn't enjoy that podcast. I felt like such a party pooper. Yeah. Uh, I hated him. But uh, hopefully we'll have some good stuff here. And then you know what else? We totally have to. I mean, he owes us now. He's got to come back on our show. Yeah, he does. Definitely yeah. does. So, uh, again, look us up uh, Twitter, uh, of course, on our website as well. You can catch my written review of Green Room. And also, it's not horror, but you know what? Keanu, so funny. Uh, if you like the funny stuff, check that out. But all the uh, movie reviews on our website, madwolf.com. That's right, and I have the Saturday Screamer on screenrelish.com. Yeah. Be sure to pop over there and see what's going on. So lots of ways to keep up, and we hope to see you on the 11th for Fright Club Live uh, for the big double feature with Ben Wheatley. Thank you. And uh, until then, this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. Stay frightful, my friends. I got to say it. <laughs> the devil inside.